Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to our Summer Rewind replay. I hope you're enjoying digging into some of these podcasts from the past and, and just soaking up all the, the education and information. This week, uh, we are replaying an episode, episode 125, where we interviewed music supervisor Angela Jolivet. And this was a really um, dynamic one. I, I particularly enjoyed this particular podcast because um, Angela, as you will hear in this interview, she's very grounded and um, very much of a manifester, you know, having those intentions and manifestations and really leaning into who she is as a soul and, and combining her passions and her career all together. So just to give you a little bit more background, Angela Jolivet, she's a music supervisor and executive. And in this episode, she shares fantastic, her, her fantastic music journey, including her background as a DJ that evolved into her having a long career in the Recording Academy, um, representing a variety of artists within gospel and Christian music. She eloquently explains how each of her career moves positioned her for an extremely successful career as a music supervisor for Oprah's own network show, Greenleaf, where she received NAACP, Stellar and Dove Awards, just to name a few. Um, and currently, she's the music supervisor for VH1's Love and Listings and is in the process of producing her own TV show. I think that you'll find in this episode, um, Angela shares her spirituality, her faith, and professional rel uh, relationships, and how they've always helped to pave a path to success for her in her career. And I think ultimately, you will gain advice about how to pursue a career as a music supervisor, and you'll be inspired to take leaps of faith towards your own success. So sit back, maybe get some pen and paper, and enjoy. Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We are back, Dr. Smith. And Dr. Smith, I have to announce to the world that you recently became tenured <laughs> faculty. So you're uh -huh. tenured Dr. William Smith at Bowie State University in their music yes, department. So we got we to gotta kick that off and, and say that because that's a huge, huge accomplishment. I mean, we think getting those PhDs and stuff, but man, once you get that and you're actually working in academics, the, 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 the yeah. top of the top is the tenure. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a long road. It was yeah. a very long road, Doc. Like I said in my Facebook post, it was 25 years. So, uh, oh but yes. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. awesome. So now the listeners can understand you are not only talking, you know, you, we, got, we got people who got, who got clout up in here. So this is, this is really good. That's exciting. <laughs> that's exciting. So, but oh, we also have you. a really special, amazing guest. So we, uh, we don't want to delay oh, yeah. too much, but do you have a, a, a tip for us today? Yes, I do. I have a music tip that's basically in line with what we're talking about um, today. And uh, actually, I came across it, um, what was it, last week? <clears throat> it's talking about 
um, the music, uh, the MLC, the music, li- the mechanics, sorry, the mechanical licensing collective. And uh, everybody needs to, just everybody, all musicians need to be aware of this MLC uh, mechanical licensing collective, which takes a, which basically is, is going to be online and up and running in 2021. And wow. uh, okay. this was one of the, um, the, the things that came out of the, the MMA, the Music Modernization Act, that mm-hmm. uh, was trying to modernize all music licensing and because of, you know, just everything that hadn't been updated for like 50 years. So the, the infrastructure wow. of, the, of the music industry, the publishing and licensing industry is just sort of convoluted. <laughs> and uh, yeah. the MMA was put yeah. in place to, uh, to take care of that. And it's going to be handling all of the, uh, the licensing aspects um, moving forward in 2021. So before that takes effect, um, there's some other there's some things that, that artists need to be aware of, and that's basically to to organize your catalog and to have mm-hmm. all of your data and have everything um, organized, and also your song splits have all of that like all that information needs to be collected now. Uh, yeah. if, if you're, if you really want to see money from your, your catalog and from your, your music in the future. Um, so it's yeah. basically put on your, your big boy, big girl pants on now. Cause the industry is <laughs> about to change and, uh, you get, you need to get professional about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, is, I mean, the music industry, I mean, they just keep us on. I mean, on alert. I mean, because everything is just always changing. It's just, so we just got to get, I just encourage everybody to get used to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. and as we see right now, we are, you know, in light of the pandemic and, you know, all kinds of things that are happening. So very nice. I'll put a, I'll right. put a link to uh, the article in it. It's pretty okay. thorough. It explains everything about it uh, in the show notes. So we'll, we'll have that ready for you all. Cool. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bandzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step-by-step system will get you online literally in minutes. You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Bandzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team, not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month. And includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to banzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days and be sure to use our promo code Making Money Pod to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, Making Money Pod to get 15% off the first year. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we um, yeah, I did show. say that I would announce our special guest. 
And uh, we we met um, her at the SyncCon conference in L.A. this past uh, December. And yeah. it was a great conference that we went to. Um, and, you know, she, she gave a very impassioned uh, um, talk and presentation. And we, you know, we were like, yeah, we got to put her on the podcast because <laughs> folks want to need to hear what she's got to say. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we want to definitely welcome you, um, Angela Jolivet. Hey, how you guys doing? We <laughs> doing are excellent. On. Yeah, it's a lot going on, man. But this is this is so cool that you know we can still do this podcast and bring on you know really amazing guests, even in all the height of everything happening <laughs> right now. So thank you, and um, yeah, just to yeah, just to let the audience know. I mean, Angela Jalavet is a music supervisor, and I'm gonna let her. She's got some amazing accolades. I went, I was nosy, yes, and I'm supposed to be nosy and made sure I read <laughs> a bit more of your biography and presence online and super impressive. Um, so we, instead of us, we don't like reading people's biographies. We like our guests to kind of tell their stories. So I don't know if you could like share with um, the audience what you currently do so they have a, a, a better idea and your background, how it, how it brought you to where you're currently are. It's such a long story, you know, I don't know. I, I know I'm still on this journey, but, you know, I'm really blessed and happy to be where I am today. And, you know, I couldn't be more happy with where God has aligned me. And music is my passion and the business of music and just being creative. And I just love that, you know, I have that balance and gift that he's given me. But I spent pretty much the last decade of my life at the Recording Academy uh, overseeing in the awards department gospel music, world music, and television and film soundtracks. Um, previously, I was a DJ and still a DJ, go by DJ Moon Baby. So that's what kind of set me and ignited me on this path. But I got an opportunity in 2017, after a decade tenure with the Recording Academy, to venture into my own company, uh, Moon Baby Media, which now I own and operate as a music supervisor in TV film and also production. So I am currently working on my own TV development. So mm. really your own TV development as in like programming program. Yeah. Executive producing my own TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a long road to get here. And, you know, I'm never shy. I'm always transparent about, you know, you just don't pop in from point A to point B to get exactly where you want to be. And, you know, I'm still on the road, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to where it is that I foresee for the future. But I'm very happy where I am today. So beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Will, you know I got thirty questions. I I, I won't you, let Will better, get in. You better so, go yeah. first because you no you know no I no. Can. I'm not going to take over. All it. <laughs> well, one of the things you know is our, our guests are always very modest and humble, and they don't say you know some of the awards and things. You you recently got a pretty heavy some some really nice awards for um, music supervision. Can you share with us your um or to the audience a little bit more? Your relationship with the um, the show Greenleaf from OWN Network? Uh, yeah, that was my exit out of the Recording Academy. Uh, that mm-hmm. opportunity working with the OWN Network and Lionsgate Television and, of course, the great Oprah Winfrey allowed mm-hmm. me to 
put my footprint in the TV music world, uh, getting the opportunity to work on season two of Greenleaf, which 16 episodes. And it was my mm-hmm. first time actually venturing into major network TV and mm-hmm. being a music supervisor. Um, God didn't give me anything I couldn't handle. In the <laughs> end, I ended up producing the soundtrack as well and doing a deal with RCA Inspiration. We had a tremendous amount of success with that season, um, pretty much probably the biggest season yet that has got the music recognition that it got um, with the soundtrack being produced. We won Gospel Album of the Year at the NAACP Awards, which was six months after I left the Grammy Awards. So it was a full circle moment for me after awarding the best and brightest in gospel for a decade. And then now I was the one winning Mm -hmm. the award for best gospel album. And the crazy part was I was going up against a lot of the Grammy winning artists like CC mm. Winans and Marvin Sapp and <laughs> Tasha Cobbs and all the people that I've awarded over the last 10 years. And now I'm getting that accolade. So I was blown away, you know, that was obviously mm. a tremendous honor for me. And it was also showing me that I had made the right decision and I was going in the right direction and it was definitely aligned and, you know, divine for me. And mm. so also we went on to win the Stellar Award, which is the Grammys of gospel music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's a, a huge accolade for Album of the Year as well. So Dove Awards, Billboard 2019 Song of the Year for Won't He Do It for Corinne Harthon. It was the first number one record ever uh, for a female artist in gospel that I a and for that soundtrack. And mm. Leandria Johnson, Better Days, Grammy nomination, Corinne Harthon, Grammy nomination. So, I mean, the amount of accolades for that album is mm. unbelievable for me in such mm. a short period of time and my first time out the gate. So, wow. <laughs> See, that's why I said she just left that little piece out. I wanted to make sure <laughs> yeah. that the yeah. audience heard that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And, I mean, I love how you... Because one of the things we try to talk about a lot here on the podcast is the importance of divine timing and aligning yourself and flow and and that this is more than just, you know, this kind of do, 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 that there's there's some full circle activity happening. And, and, you know, while, yes, it felt like, okay, that happened fast, but you had many years behind you of of experience. And so it just, you know, it manifested and showed itself. So that's awesome. Yeah, when it's time, you know, that's the key. And, you know, I think people, you know, sometimes get impatient or they just don't understand that it's a process and everything that you do in life leads you closer to the next, you know, plateau. So for me, I knew I was building the land of foundation at the Recording Academy that was ultimately, in hindsight, leading me into the TV, film, music world. So I Mm -hmm. was just following my steps. That was it. So for for our listeners, just to get a scope, because it's like uh, a lot of people look at other people's um, successes and experiences and they see um, them from coming out of school or just growing up and then bam, awards, you know, and people don't understand uh, the connection of or some of the steps that were taken. So uh, you've outlined one of them, which is the, uh, the, the recording Academy. You built relationships um, while, while you were in the recording Academy and, but pre recording Academy, what are some of the decisions and, and the things that you can point to that? Yeah, that, that decision really helped me get to where I am today. 
I mean, of course, a lot of mistakes along the way. And for me, I'm a risk taker, you know, so trial and error works for me well. Some people like safety and, you know, to have a cushion under them and they're not really going to take that sort of risk. And, you know, everybody's different. I don't think everybody's meant to necessarily go out on their own and run their own business. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it takes a very you know, special type of person to be able to withstand, especially in this business, because it's a lot of rejection, obviously. So mm-hmm. I think in terms of my personality and, you know, just the fire and passion I have for what it is that I love and I know is a God-given talent or gift, I'm not going to let anything stop me from getting to that. You know, even if it takes me longer to get there, I know it's once again a process. But I just think in terms of you know, the decisions I made before, I knew I wanted to work in entertainment, but I didn't know exactly how that was going to look. You know, I knew I wanted to work in music specifically. And so I just continued to always educate myself and put myself in the right rooms and just know, you know, I didn't always have it planned out, you know, and that's why God has been so important in my life because mm. I'm very much spiritual, you know, I would say more than religious, but at the end of the day, I've just experienced his hand on my life. And so I know I'm going to make mistakes, but then I also know, you know, there's this little, you know, voice inside of you that's making the best decisions that you can. So me knowing there's this passion about music and there's certain things that I'm foreseeing the future and myself, obviously in certain places, I'm just trying to continuously network and build and put myself in the right rooms to create those connections And going back to the Recording Academy, I always go back to that, you know, that was strategic that I went there. You know, I didn't go there by chance and get that job. Like I knew that was the nucleus of the music business. Every walk of life, whether it's management, publishing, labels, artists, musicians, engineers, songwriters, whoever, they belong to this organization. And you always want to align yourself with the best of the best. So for me, going into that realm, I knew I was going to interface with the decision makers in the music business specifically and be able to continue to leverage and build whatever I've done thus far in that particular organization. So if you're a doctor, obviously you want to go to the Medical Association of America, you know, whoever it is that you're affiliated with and give yourself that extra positioning. So I just, you know, I always tell people whatever it is, you know, educate yourself, put yourself in those rooms and try to continuously build a foundation and a network. Because Mm. relationships are everything in this business. And obviously you have to be prepared when you do get in that position. Are you able to execute? Are you able to do the things that are required once you do finally land where it is you want to land? So whether that's, you know, taking courses, reading, you know, trades or, you know, just perfecting a craft that you want to do. Like you have to make sure once you do get that opportunity that you're going to be prepared to take it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. There were a lot of golden nuggets. I was trying to write everything. I'm like alignment, educate, put yourself in the room, spirituality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we um um I I so love that you talked about you started by saying I made a lot of mistakes. And I think <laughs> I think um especially in today's age where we're only, you know, we only really post and share our our good and you know, we might occasionally post our bad, but it always kind of is in some way good. But I, I think it's so important for artists, you know, not always having the exact plan and understanding that mistakes are, you know, not only 
a part, but going to be a part of this. And so having a deeper connection and understanding and passion is, is the, it's the lifeline. So I really hope, you know, with everything you just said, people need to rewind (laughs) and play that back because you said a lot of really, really good things. And, you know, where you are now, as far as you said, you're about to go into starting your own production is, is, are you now, have you, are you, how are you preparing for that right now? Or are you kind of just doing it as, with your risk-taking? Spirit? I am doing it with my risk-taking. No, I'm not doing it with my risk-taking. <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing is like, you know, I worked on the several projects that I've worked on and I get in these rooms and the realm of production. And it's something that I've, you know, pretty much studied and understood from afar from a long time. And now content is king and things of that nature. But, you know, Mm -hmm. working on the music side as a music executive, I'm looking at visual media in a different way than actually Mm -hmm. the writers on the show or the executive producers on the show, because they're looking at the storylines and the production and things of that nature. But what I see from my end is, you know, things could be done differently through music, right? Telling the story, because that's the way that I speak through the music. So for me, I want to focus on music-based content and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing Sunday's Best, doing Greenleaf, especially in a faith-based realm. That's kind of my niche at this point. I feel like, you know, I can do things to evolve the genre a little differently. And so, that's why I'm in a place right now where I want to contribute to that and create some TV programming around uh, mm. evolving and pushing the faith-based mm-hmm. genre. So mm. I can't tell you a whole lot about the series right now, but it'll definitely mm-hmm. be something that doesn't exist. And I just have a different, unique view of gospel music in general, overseeing the category for a decade at the Academy. So I've seen it evolve mm-hmm. and I've seen it not evolve. And so mm-hmm. I want to be responsible for pushing the envelope a little more in that space and create something and use TV as the platform to evolve it and do that. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. I love yep. it. <laughs> yeah. I, what, yeah. I, I, I think uh, as, um, people, like I said, they, they're not, they, they, a lot of folks don't, especially artists, don't have a, a concept of, of this side of the industry. Um, they're busy making their tracks. They're, you know, writing songs or whatever. And uh, they're doing performances, so they're they're not uh, aware of the the uh, the media side and how music is used, the, the importance of music in, in in different forms in the media. Um, but can you give a glimpse uh, for people listening? Um, what's what's your typical day in the life of a music supervisor? Like what what does that mm-hmm. entail? Like how how an artist's song you know, will will come up on your, your desk or on your computer and you're and then you're you're trying to place it or you're you're looking for a song, specific song and you find it and how that what that process is. I mean, I think it varies because I've been blessed in a short amount of time to work on different T V projects where Greenleaf was a scripted show, um, Sunday's Best is a music competition series, and then now I'm working on a reality show, which is totally different, VH one's Love and Listings season two. Mm-hmm. So all three of those shows require different parts of me uh, creatively and how music is sought out and, you know, how we work with production and things of that nature. But in terms of just finding music in general, like I'm big on discovery on my own because I'm a DJ originally. So Mm -hmm. my biggest goal is always to find a diamond in the rough and basically give that artist a platform. Right. So that's like my joy in life is to discover music and share it with you, you know, 
the viewer, the consumer, mm-hmm. or the fan. And, you know, I get music every which way you can imagine, whether it's somebody in my DM or on LinkedIn or emails that I don't even use anymore or whatever the case. And it gets overwhelming, right? So mm-hmm. at some point, it's almost like a crapshoot that I'm mm-hmm. going to even listen to something someone sends me. Um, even if you put it directly in my hand, because I'm very, uh, energy driven. So for Mm. me, I I have to have some, some kind of pull towards the artist or the the music that'll make me want to engage and hear it. But, you know, as far as platforms, obviously I'm always on social media and I'm looking to just come across some, some gem that, you know, nobody's even discovered yet. So I love doing that, um, playlists on Spotify and things of that nature. I do find a lot of artists, which are cool. But, you know, in terms of music libraries, we spend a lot of time in there, especially on the reality show I'm on now, because mm-hmm. the network usually has a, a blanket deal of sorts with library music that we can use. And I can just go in there thousands and thousands and thousands of songs and right. basically pull from there. But you don't always get the best of the best you know, cream of the crop, mainstream artists through that library. So, of course, the new music that's coming out, you know, my ears are to the streets. I have a lot of labels sending me emails every Friday of their new music. And, you know, you have publishing companies that are soliciting. So, I mean, any which way you can imagine, whether it's coming from a corporation or an indie artist or somebody walking down the street, you know, music's in my Mm -hmm. hands some kind of way. So... What what's uh what's your favorite way? Do you have like a a favorite way to experience it? Because um, I because I know the the libraries, like you said, they have your, the network has a blanket license, but uh and, and you know you can, you can find because I because I've looked through some of those libraries and there there's some some really good stuff, um but is it's is I'm sure it's easier <laughs> to look in the library because everything mm-hmm. is categorized and you know it's mm-hmm. and, but do you do you uh have a preference a library or or digging because I know you're a DJ and I, that I want to see what what side you sort of land on When I was doing Greenleaf I rarely used the library because I had gotcha. so many artists that I wanted to put on already and that were in my own library at home and I didn't need the library as much because those cues are very much more specific to a scene, right? But in reality mm-hmm. TV, I know you guys have watched it, a lot of it at some point, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's music in every scene, you know, it's much different. Like there's instrumental bed music pretty much under every edited scene. Like there's not mm-hmm. even a moment where there's this big mm-hmm. breakout moment in a show to even probably spend a lot of money on this huge song because are you really going to notice it with all the drama and, you know, fighting right, going on maybe in a right. given episode, but you know, in the library, which is like a fun game for me to go in there and try to find the best of the best as a DJ. Like it's really easy for me to find the best music in there because it's probably more of stuff that I wouldn't want to use versus stuff that I want to use. Right. Mm. But right. you know, it's a lot of quirky stuff because you know, there's sound effects and, all sorts of things in there, but I usually put together folders for the editors with reality mm-hmm. TV versus working directly with the producers on a scripted show where I can send them a shorter amount of songs to choose from, from a scene. Like I would give on Greenleaf four to five options maybe for a scene, but for reality TV, I'm pulling almost 200 tracks out mm-hmm. the library 
for an episode or a scene, and then they can do, the editors do what they want with it. So it's just a different process. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that clarifies a lot, yeah. Well, and I think you being a DJ, I mean, your ear automatically, like, yeah, DJs are sleuths. They're like mus- musical sleuths. Like they, <laughs> exactly. you know, they're they're constantly. Um, I, that's what I love about DJs is because their ear and and how they're interpreting and finding music is is very different than the typical. And it because I, I would imagine. I mean, I'm not a DJ. I aspired. <laughs> and when I was younger, I'm like, I want to be a DJ because I too, I love finding gems. I love going through things and things that people would otherwise maybe not know anything about but then exposing it and getting people hip to it. Like that's, that's like a little game for me, but um, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that background just lends itself beautifully, you know, to this because it's, it's not, it's, it's a part of what you have to do anyway, I think as a DJ. And that was going to kind of be my next question is, you know, we have listeners who are probably like, Hmm, what do, do I have to be a DJ to become a music supervisor or what, what, what would you, what's your advice of if somebody's interested in getting into music supervision and being able, you know, to do that, what types of tips would you give them that they should, they should be doing? I mean, I think in terms of being a DJ, you see like that's a, a trend pretty much in this area that a lot of the DJs that were radio DJs at KCRW out here in LA and, you know, different, uh, facets become music supervisors because you're like curating music already. And so that's one of the requirements of being a music supervisor is to be able to curate for visual media. Um, I always say I was like a, you know, glamorized school teacher at the Grammys in my awards department position because I was required to do a lot of grammatical checking of, you know, every singer songwriter, but I basically got paid to read liner notes when I worked Mm -hmm. there, you know, and that's something I used to do as a kid growing up when they still made liner notes and CDs Mm -hmm. and stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, all that to say that job even prepared me for this because I was always having to be attentive to the songwriters and the producers and the publishing, you know, companies that were attached. And obviously that's part of this job because you're clearing these songs and having to know who wrote them, who produced them and what percentage of that goes to who. But, you know, I do say in terms of wanting to go in this direction, creativity is a big piece of this. And I think just like any, you know, area you want to go in, you want to be a singer or a songwriter, like the art of that, you know, is something that has to innately be in you to be successful. You could work at it, you know, maybe all you want. But if you don't have some sort of innate talent, maybe associated to that, you know, that still is required even as a music supervisor to have the musical bone in you. You know, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to work with producers and directors that know what they want musically and just execute their vision for them. But at the same time, they're also hiring supervisors for their creative, like with Greenleaf and the shows that I've worked on Sunday's Best. They hired me because of my niche, my background in faith based music. And they knew that I knew that music very well. So I think in terms of going into different, you know, medias and working on a TV or film project, you know, I may not do a country show because that's not my thing necessarily, right? Not that I couldn't do it, but I think Mm -hmm. it's about being well-versed in music is important with this. And so someone that wants to do this, it's not just, oh, I'm going to go look up some songs and then I'll be able to be a music supervisor. Like I have a whole room 
full of music that I've been collecting my whole life, you know? So this is just a part of who I am. And this was a natural evolution for me personally, but also an education piece of it. You know, when I was at the Academy, I had them send me to UCLA to take music supervisor 101. Um, when I first started running the TV film category, because I wanted a grassroots understanding of what the role of a supervisor was, a soundtrack, how this all works together. And I mm-hmm. think it's important, once again, to educate yourself if this is something you want to do and take some of these courses or at least read a book on it. And, you know, I thought I was going to need an apprenticeship, you know, going even further for me to even get into this. So for a while, I was wondering, like, how am I going to transition into being a music supervisor? And I'm working full time at the academy. How is this going to happen for me? And, you know, I got the opportunity to work on smaller projects, you know, short films, uh, just, you know, things that weren't going to overwhelm me, but get my feet wet and basically start to figure out what is this that I even want to do. Right. So I think in terms of someone getting started, you know, first of all, the love and passion for music and knowing and getting educated about music period is important, but also the business side of it and what that looks like from a legal standpoint is extremely important because this is all still business and, mm-hmm. you know, paying people for the use of their music, the rights to their music on the TV and the music side is like the most important thing. So no one gets sued <laughs> for using anyone's music. Mm-hmm. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. That's, that's why yeah. libraries are, uh, are important because that it's, everything is organized. So yeah, that's that's I see that totally. We have our, our last um, remaining minutes, and I want <laughs> you to to actually go into our current situation, our current climate, where you know we're all uh, socially distanced or physically distanced, but still socially connected. And um, what what do you see from this current situation in in uh, society uh, in terms of? music um, licensing and and the ability of of people getting their songs out there. Um, What do you see some things going away? And then what are some of the opportunities that you see in the future? I mean, I'm completely blessed right now because I started working on Love and Listings in November of last year. And pretty much we've been working this whole time because we had already thankfully shot a lot of the production of the show. So Mm -hmm. we've spent a lot of time in post now. So I'm pretty much in post up until the top of July. We start airing June 1st on VH1. So the timing of this, once again, God and his timing with me couldn't be more perfect. And even the way I got Mm -hmm. this job, it was definitely God's hands in it. But, you know, I think in terms of this area, this is a thriving area. And it's been this way for a while because artists don't sell records anymore. Right. So Mm -hmm. this is where artists make money and licensing more than anything. This is the new A&R. This is the new way to break talent, you know, through TV and film and soundtracks. So more than ever, this is going to continue to grow, especially the amount of content that's grown. You know, we have all these digital networks from Hulu to Netflix and the amount of content that they're cranking out is like insane. And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot more business being done in sync and licensing than ever before. And the role of music supervisors have now increased in the way where before it was probably more of an administrative job in the beginning, back in the days when the bodyguard was out and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, way back in the day. But now, once again, this is more of a creative position. 
than it's ever been. So I just think, you know, this is a great place to be. I know a lot of people want to do this. It's still very much a relationship-driven business. And, you know, it's not an automatic thing once you win, you know, all these accolades and awards that you're actually just walking into the next door and everyone's calling you to get you on their project, you know. But I think in terms of what's for you is for you, you know, it's already carved out for me. I've gotten a lot of opportunities and as quick as I've gotten them, they've walked on out the door. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just know in terms of, you know, I'm building a foundation just like I did at the Academy now with my business that takes time. I've only been doing this full time for three years now. And Mm -hmm. I've really been blessed with the opportunities that I've gotten. And I can't wait to see the next, you know, phone call that I'm going to have when I hang up. You know, today. But, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely a I good time. And, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You gave such good advice and such, um, wow, just, just a lot of food for thought for people to, you know, this is an area, like you said, that's really growing. And it's fast and it's moving and there's a lot of opportunities. Like you said, I don't think people realize how much music content is when you are watching anything. Um, and so this is this has been fantastic. Really, really, really informative. I, I was trying to write all my notes. I had a lot of notes. <laughs> yeah. Great. I got one quick well, question, though. Uh, I, I, it actually came while, while you were talking. Um, the, the, the role of a music supervisor... Um, I want I, I want to know, but I know other people want to know um, how much of it is a, is a freelance position. How much of it is you get hired by a uh, production co- company um, to to work on projects? Uh, I think it varies. For me personally, I enjoy running my own company now. At this point, right. a lot of people thought when I got hired on Greenleaf that I worked for the own network, or you know, when I was on Sunday's Best, I worked for BET, but. You know, in terms of internal music departments, those positions do exist. Um, even at Viacom, you know, obviously they're a big conglomerate with BET under their umbrella, VH1 and so forth. So they have a music creative department. They have music supervisors that do a lot of their reality shows internally. But once again, they have such a vast amount of shows that they outsource people like me to come in and hire my company to do right. one of their or two of their series because they have a big, you know, turnaround. So I think in terms of this job and role, you can go work for a boutique, you know, music supervisor company and be on board. I have friends that, you know, they work with a small boutique conglomerate. I have people that work inside Viacom. And then I have myself, which prefers at this point after spending 10 years in a corporation to -hmm. do this on my own and have the flexibility to work on, once again, different types of projects. So, you know, I can be working on a film or a TV show at the same time and still whatever other endeavors I have, I can set forth. So for me right now, it's about freedom and having my own path and creating my own Mm -hmm. conglomerate. So Mm -hmm. Moon Baby Media. I love it, Angela. Yeah, I love your energy. No, that's, that's that's how I think too. Like have your own and... But you got to work. You got to work so hard. And it, it is not, you, you know, yeah, this is, it's not for the faint at heart. Um, you got to be so internally driven um, and, and have an understanding of something um, bigger than just you in all of this. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. I love it. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, can you let people know how they can, um, I guess, follow you on social media and any website 
you know, for Moon Baby, if people want to learn even more about what you're doing. Okay, I keep it easy. So DJ Moon Baby on Twitter and Instagram. And then, of course, you can Google me, Angela Jolivet, for Facebook. And then my website is moonbabymedia.com. So I'm real easy to find. Just Google easy. Moon Baby. Yeah. That sounds real easy. <laughs> Yeah. And any no. any uh project I know you didn't want to tell us about the current project in production yet, but anything that, that just came out maybe last year or recent that people can check out? Uh these projects I work on for months. So like I said, once I finished Sunday's Best, you know, there was a little break in between there, but I was right back on this love and listening season two for VH one. So yeah. you okay. know, this is like usually months, months that I'm working on one show. But I do have an artist that I manage by the name of Jordan Banks. Yeah, I wear many hats, and so I'm going to throw awesome. his hat out there. Oh, you manage Jordan Banks? Yeah. G-O-U-R-D-A-N. Yeah. Jordan. Jordan. Right? Yeah. yeah, Jordan. yeah. I'm going to say his name right because, you know, a lot of people <laughs> get the name wrong. So Jordan, Jordan Banks. Banks. Gotcha. Yeah, so oh, we might uh, have to talk to you tomorrow. more. Get him on the podcast. He's wonderful. I really enjoy no. him. So. I want you yeah. to talk to him because he's an entrepreneurial spirit and we've actually partnered our company's uh, bank on it. Entertainment is his and mine is Moon Baby Media. So awesome. I've uh, partnered with him to further a music career. And so we're excited about 2020 still, despite what's been oh. going on. Yeah. But he did start yeah. a, a foundation called the Mirror Music Fund, and he's been helping musicians in need and selling the masks. He was one of the frontier mm. leaders of masks. Oh, yeah, and so he's been donating proceeds from the mass sales to oh, nice. musicians nice. that need nice. it. So basically, you can go to MirrorMusiciansFund.com, check it out. And he has a concert on YouTube uh, Friday, May 8th, where he'll be going live and performing and thanking everybody for supporting his foundation. So. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Beautiful. Thank you for I'm glad you added that because I, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yep. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, All right, sure. I know our clock is about to cut us off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, oh no, thank not you. A we, 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 I was looking forward to this one. <laughs> yeah, and for everybody yeah. that's listening, just keep it pushing. You know, I know things look crazy right now, but we're all going to get to the other side of this. And obviously, God is by our side no matter what. So we just got to prepare right now and know that bigger days are coming ahead of us and we want to be ready. So that's my last word. Love that. All right. right. Well, you guys take care. We will see you next week. We have another really, really special guest next week. So keep tuning in and and sharing your reviews and thoughts and comments. Yep. We love it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you would like to join our new artist development program, the 3MB Club, please contact us via email at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.